Hey there, thank you so much for joining us. This is Veteran Trash Talk, Female Warrior Edition. And before we get started, let me give a shout out to our sponsor, Neuroflow. Make sure you go check that out. I am so excited, y'all, because I have not only one, but I have two amazing guests tonight. And I have been itching to speak with this gal. Now, tonight I've got one who is part of the Stoned Vet. He's got his own show on YouTube. You can check him out. Make sure you hit that subscribe and like button. Get notified when he puts up episodes. And he also does episodes for Veteran Trash Talk. So that's how we got connected. But we all know that behind a very strong warrior is an even stronger woman. And that's why we're here tonight. So Summer, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for taking time to join me. Both of you, thank you so much for taking the time to join me for this show. And I'm super excited to get to know you better. Uh, as Juan and I have talked and we've like connected with Veteran Trash Talk and through, you know, he was, he had me on his show. And every time he talks about you, I'm like, that is my girl. Like we <laughs> look like this. So oh, I'm good have you <laughs> thank you it's good to be on i'm excited i'm excited i'm excited i hope you said all good things then either that or you told the truth and you're just crazy like me so either way like oh so you're a lot like my wife and i know how to handle that a little bit right but tell me more like i want to know how you guys met you on a corner uh, <laughs> he likes to tell this. He likes to tell this. I'm episode. upset. Man, what's up, guys? Sorry, G, for the stone bed, man. I'm so upset because, look, it took a woman to bring the wife back out to the TV show <laughs> to get you on the episode. I can't even get her to come out here and hang out with you guys on Wednesday. It took Leah coming out. <laughs> It took Leah Sunday episode to come out and say for the wife to say, "Yeah, I want to go on the TV now." I'm like, "That's ridiculous, dude." My fans love having you on the show every Wednesday. Yo, yo, yo! Seven <laughs> kids, and he wants to do a show at midnight. Does it look like I want to be on the show at midnight? No, oh, no. I want to be in bed. Oh, that's yes. great! You actually sleep with seven kids. I am amazed at that. Because I have three. It's great. It's <laughs> awesome. We're in a rush to see um, how quickly we can go insane. That's cool. what we're doing. But kids are fun. Kids are fun. So how Absolutely. old are your kids? 18, 16, 9, 7, 3, and 1 and 1. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> look at her. Look at her. And, um, yeah, we we don't have cable, so you can check that off. But we do know how it happened. <laughs> they are all by the same guy. <laughs> they are all mine, and I don't own a daycare. Oh well, listen. Um, those are rude questions that I would never would have asked you. But I'm glad that we know that for Thank anybody you. listening that wanted to be rude in their heads and say, "How does that happen?" But. <laughs> Listen, I, I know very well how that happens, but after five pregnancies and three kids, I said, don't even look at me again until you go get that taken care of. So that's what we did. Girl, I've been, a, I've been pregnant 11 times. 
Oh. We had we had nine miscarriages. Oh um, so yeah, I get ya. I get ya. Holy. I used to say, you know, he could he could sneeze on me a mile away, divided by plexiglass, and I would have ended up pregnant. It's like more contagious than COVID for you guys, huh? <laughs> it's insane, Girl. man. So for That's us, the way we've been together, we've been together 21 years. Yeah. And we met, I was walking down the street. Yeah, it was on the corner, but it wasn't like he's making it out. So, <laughs> but yes. We're young. You're only like, what? You look like 26. <laughs> you, you look like a baby. That's incredible. You have to share your. My son uh, probably doesn't like it. He got asked if I was his girlfriend. My sixteen-year-old. If I, yeah, he's sixteen. They're like, I thought you were his girlfriend. <laughs> I was like, we look a lot alike. That's pretty conceited. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so he's, long, long. he's like, mom. <laughs> he's he's gonna love that. Like at one day. He's a cool kid. He don't care. He's like, she's yeah. my mom. I know. She looks young. It's fine. She's hot. Get over it. He doesn't care. He's a really sweet kid. He'll let me hang with him and his friends. So he's pretty cool. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. So Juan, tell me. Yeah. Tell me how you guys met on the corner, on the street corner. Man, we were walking down the street. We I was walking. Down, I was so I, I went to I was in the academy for a kid for bad kids. I was in the I had to go get my GED. I dropped out of high school at 16. 15, I dropped out of high school and I knew I had to make a difference. So I joined the, the Thunderbird Youth Academy. It's an army national guard boot camp for kids who don't want to go to school. <laughs> spent six months in this place. <laughs> I spent six months in this place. I was on one of my, luckily I was coming towards the end and it was one of my, uh, one of the little vacations you get once you advance so far into it. I was about to graduate and they're like, Hey, you get, uh, you can get the weekend off. You want to go, you want to go back home? So I went home. I was like, let's go home. For the weekend, and that's why I met her. She was walking down the street, and she stopped me. And I didn't stop him. <laughs> no homeboy, nobody stopped you. Tell her right. Nobody stopped. <laughs> Girl, he was on the other side of the street walking. All I said was, "Do you know where the volleyball court is?" I was trying to meet one of my friends at the volleyball court. This fool walked across the street to talk to me. Nobody stopped him. Said no oh, and kept oh man oh that's how that's how we met we we did we met you know because i was 16 you were what 15 yeah go ahead and tell him he came across the street <laughs> and i was like do you know where the volleyball court is at uh he's like no so we're sitting there and this volleyball court this volleyball court, this ain't like a regular volleyball it's court. a sand pit in the grass that was it's already a, gone yeah. it should have had more sand in it it's no a, net was up it's a sand pit the grass was already growing in it was a sand pit like there was no it was no sand it wasn't a volleyball court it was it was poles. it was poles in a, in a empty field were, so we were i was looking around and he's like because you know what you do when you're teenagers he's like so um how old are you and I was like, 15? And look, look how young she looks now, right? I and know. She, was 15. she looks like a baby. He called me a liar. He's like, no, you're not. You know? I was like, hold up. I don't <laughs> even know you. Like, why would I lie to you? She like she was 12. We argued. We argued. <laughs> we argued. Seriously. I think for like three minutes because he kept calling me a liar. 
Because look, she looks faster now. She's 26. She didn't. Hang on, let's tell you that age. Okay. <laughs> she, I do look like, older because I have makeup on, see? <laughs> but you just see how young she looked now. Yeah. Now, when, when she walked up to you, can imagine what she looked like when she was a teenager, right? Yeah. I didn't want to go to jail. I didn't Whatever, want to get Whatever, homie. <laughs> He's like, mm, above 12, maybe. <laughs> Below that, I got to keep walking. It was insane. Long story short, this is the girl I've been trying to meet my whole life. Yeah, we didn't know. Like, I was, her cousin was one of my good friends. And he would always be like, man, my cousin's coming to town. So let me meet her. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've known this guy since I was in the six. kindergarten, since yeah. I was six years old. I've known this guy since I was six. Mm-hmm. We'd hang up all the time. He's like, my cousin's in town. We I said, can I meet your cousin? He said, no, nah, you ain't meet my cousin. I was like, damn, dude. Like, why you got to be like that? He, I knew him. Just FYI. <laughs> I wasn't a good kid. Just putting that out there. You know? But I mean... I mean, all my life. I mean, and it took me catching her on the corner. <laughs> so when you caught her on the corner, but you didn't know that that was your friend's cousin that you've been. No, trying I didn't to- know. I had no idea. I had no idea in the world. So I never met her. You never let me meet her. Well, we actually think we saw each other once briefly when we were like nine or ten. You know, but who's gonna remember? Right. And so I was in foster care at the time, and my cousins. Uh, my cousin's mom had come and got me out of a shelter so I could stay with her. And so she like became my foster mom for a little bit. And I went home and, and I called him that night. And I think we had been on the phone for about four hours before he was like, you're the Hoy cousin? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what it felt like. You're like, what in the hell? <laughs> My cousin was the best man in our wedding. I did tell him, well, if I would have known you would have married her, I would have introduced you. I said, fool, we should not have been introduced. <laughs> it, w- it came at the right time. It came at the right time. It wasn't too bad. Anyway, that's how I'm on the corner. On the corner. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. And 21 years later? That was 21, 21 years later. In April, it'll be 21 years. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. And you're both still alive. You're going to have to teach me some lessons. That's good. That's good. Well, lots of coffee, lots of Jesus. <laughs> okay. We do that. Yeah, we can do that. We can make it. Yeah. We can make it. I, I think we said thing. earlier, I said, you just don't leave. That's it. That's what you do. You just go in another room. You know, I'm not I argue just- with you right now teases me sometimes like you know he'll he'll play like what the what if game or something like well what if we ever divorce like would you remarry and I'm like no I ain't doing this ever again like I don't want to train <laughs> another man no not <laughs> ever again it's hard no. it's hard but it's good it's worth it it's worth it when you love one another and you work through it of course you got your kids so every day is like kind yeah. of a struggle and then you lay your head down in bed and you go all right I gotta do it again tomorrow yeah. you do but you get up and you do it you know I tell everybody like people that you see that are married 70 years are not married 70 years because they've had this perfect marriage yeah. or that everything's been right or no one's screwed up they're married still because they chose to be married still and and some people unfortunately don't work through some negative issues but a lot of them do they work through them they learn to forgive and they move on you know and that's it so 
Yes, so in in that, I'd love to know what it was like for you because you obviously got together before he joined the Marines. Mm -hmm. So as a, as the wife of a Marine, did that make mm -hmm. things tougher? Like, did you enjoy that part of life? <laughs> so, um, he decided to join the Marines because, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to get out of where we were at and he came and asked, like, asked for my permission. And I told him, look, we don't know if we're going to be together forever. You need to do you. You need to go take care of what you think you need to get done. And he had already asked me to marry him. And he's like, you know, but we're engaged. I said, that doesn't matter. I don't want you to look back in the future and say you didn't do something you wanted to do because you were with some girl. Now, I think highly of myself. But if, you, if we were to separate, that's what it would have been, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, you got to go do you. You got to make sure that you make all of the decisions and have no regrets that you want, you know, make all the decisions you want to do. I don't, I don't want to be the reason for any regrets. And um, he just kept asking me, you know, just let, tell me you don't want me to go. And I said, I'm going to do that. You know, you need to do you. And um, so he said, well, I'm, I want to do this because I think this is going to be best for us. And, and I want to make a way for us to get out of here. You know, I'm, I'm still in foster care at this time, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I knew I was going to age out. Uh, both my parents, their rights were terminated. I was going to age out. I was like, so I'm, I'm going to make a way for us. And, um, and he left and he, I mean, we, we did the writing, we did the visits. He was home. Not very often. He'd be gone for months on end and then come back for five days, be gone, you know, several more months and come back for 10 days. And, uh, first two years, that's how it was. You go to boot camp, then you come yeah. home, then you go to, then you go to a AIT, I guess is what they only call it. We call it MCT. Mm -hmm. You do that. You come but home. You, when you left the Marines, like how long had you guys been together at this point? Eight months. Okay. Five, about eight five, months. Five months. Um, you know, and so for me, I was like, you gotta, you gotta go figure this out. You gotta figure your life out. I had already, I mean, I had already been homeless before. I had already lived on my own for a while. I had already done a lot of things and I felt like, um, you you gotta go figure this out for yourself you know and i knew where i wanted to go i knew what i wanted to do um so yeah we weren't together quite like oh first two yeah. years first two years it was school boot camp schooling okinawa yeah he decided he was gonna he was like hey i've, I've got this chance to go overseas for a deployment if you come with me it's like two years but if i go unaccompanied it's one year um, I wasn't allowed to go to school when I, when I was littler, so I didn't get to finish sixth grade and um, kind of popped around in school a little bit here and there if my mom moved somewhere. And so when I got in foster care, I said, I'm going to school and I don't want my GED. I want to graduate. So this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And I was going to three years of school in one year and working full time. And I said, I can't go with you. I've got to do this. This is something for me. I'm going to walk across that stage. And so he said, well, then I'll go by myself. I'll do one year by myself, but um, I'll come back and, and we'll get married. So <sighs> I went to my senior prom on my wedding night. 
he came back and <laughs> and we got married and I was like I want all of the high school experience mm. except the drama I don't have time with that so we went to high school like I had my just married like on the back of my car with because I have rednecks in my family so we had like the beer cans tied to the back pulling into my senior prom <laughs> got out danced at my senior prom and then went home <laughs> that was it and he was home for uh 10 days and he left and then about oh my goodness two weeks later i was like i'm pregnant <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that was fun we were trying for so yeah. okay so you guys you wanted to start a baby right away Okay. Yeah, 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 we did. We wanted a family right away. And so um, I remember walking across the stage, married and pregnant, but I was graduating high school. And I was happy. I was like, I got yeah. this. You know, but, yeah. I, I love that. Summer, and I got chills. You telling me that story. Um, you know, I can't relate to you coming up in the system at all. But I mean, I had a not a awesome childhood. And I'm, I was pulled out of high school my sophomore year and I worked. And so I went a year without going to school. And then I was like, I'm going back to school. And I went to a boarding school. So I ended up catching up like two years in one year. Wow. And then oh, I went wow. back to public school for my senior year because I wanted like you, like I wanted the prom. I wanted the experiences of like senior stuff. And they didn't have that at boarding school. It wasn't so great for me though. <laughs> like I was like a huge dork, didn't have a date to prom. Uh, it was is not pretty. You should have got married. But we got married. Well, I got married. Turn your screen back on. I got married uh, like a year or so later. Um, I married the first guy that looked at me and that didn't work out so well either. So but I feel like because I joined the military, you know, we're allowed to, you, a lot of times you have to get the first one out of the way. Yeah. So you have to, it's a practice around. Except for you guys. Except for you guys. But for a lot of us, for a lot of us, uh, we get the first one out of the way because we don't make the right decision the first time. But, but that's awesome. Like, I feel like I can relate some to your story and, I feel the emotion of like you really wanting to finish school, how important that was to you and have those senior events that everybody gets to do. And I mean, I applaud you. I think that's incredible. It says so much about your character. And I mean, I'm loving you more and more like with every story that you <laughs> awesome. You know, I gotta, my, my big head has to fit through this door when I go back. So I love it. And you know what I love about this is because, I mean, this is a little bit different than what I've been doing. You know, like we've been, we've had female veterans come on and, and talk about their business or female veterans come on and talk about um, traumas that they have overcome. But I think this is a really great story because whether you're a female veteran or a male veteran, or you just happen to be listening in, you know, I, I love stories of overcoming. And I truly believe that it doesn't matter where you come from. 
if you have goals and dreams and the desire and the work ethic to do it, you can do anything you want to do. And so your story proves that. And I hope that people can hear that and it resonates in a way that pushes them to go after something that they thought that maybe they couldn't do before. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I mean, I know you have a lot more stories and I want to hear everything, but we're going to connect down because I want to know, um, I really want to be able to, to talk about your business. So Juana's really been blowing your, blowing you up too, about this is your business. You created it. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, employees and reps under you. So tell me, um, what got you started as an entrepreneur? Tell me what you're doing, name of your company, like what your vision is, uh, and go. (laughs) (laughs) um well uh so I've always been more into the natural aspects of life and then I have you know I started getting tested for autoimmune diseases didn't really know what was going on always had something in the back of my health that just couldn't figure it out doing like making my own soap making my own laundry detergent all of these different things and then it kind of carried over into the mental health aspect um you know both my my parents are addicts and then you have a lot of different mental health issues just right it shouldn't be a stigma i suffer with ptsd and anxiety and and different things as well and being a military spouse i don't want to make it out like this is just great and our marriage has been wonderful it has had um some hellacious moments especially when we were younger and so um there was never room for me to have my anxiety because he was at the forefront and Mm -hmm. his emotions and his mental health has always taken the center. So it's like, I got to figure this out. We've we've got to do something. I'm, I'm falling apart here. And, um, I went to get on some medication one day. I was like, I I had had another miscarriage. Um, you know, like a lot of people do, I was suffering with my anxiety and my PTSD silently trying to be a mom, trying to be a wife, trying to take care of him, trying to do everything that I needed to do. And I went and I got some medication. There's no knock to anybody that takes medication. I work with people that do and do not. And we just kind of walk with whatever your goal is. But I, I did not want to be on this. Um, for one, I had anxiety about what it would do to me. Uh, and so I read, I read one of the side effects and in capital letters, it's anxiety. And I almost had a panic attack because I could not imagine having any more anxiety at that moment in my life. And so I put the pill back in the bottle and stuck the bottle away and kind of prayed, okay, God, you got to do something. Like I can't do this anymore. And so one of the things that developed out of that, um, was CBD and I knew very little about it outside of marijuana. You don't really talk about CBD, right? Mm-hmm. And so after looking into that for a while and um, really educating myself on it, I started scoping out some companies, tried it for myself, found one that I loved, which is Cantec Labs, um, American Wholesale Hemp. And I went in and I was like, okay, you know, I, I want to know what you guys are doing here. Tried some products, loved them, uh, saw the labs, everything that they were doing. At this point, I was very educated on the process. And so I saw what they were doing and how they were pulling it and thought, this is the one I want to try. So of Mm -hmm. course you go home, you try it yourself. If it's good, then you start using it on people that you love. Then Mm -hmm. when something's amazing, you don't put it under a box, you start talking about it. So friends wanted to know. 
Um, and it turned into, okay, well, I set up a Facebook page and I'm going to start selling this to, to some friends and family and their, their friends. And, um, it spiraled very quickly in a positive way. I went from just putting this on Facebook and I think in about eight months, well, I think five months later, I was standing in front of doctors and holistic specialists, educating them on how to use this. And then I was out at pharmacies and tribes and talking to them about, Hey, this is what we can do to help mental health, cancer, uh, diabetes, ADD with children. And there's so much we can do. And then opening a store and becoming a mass distributor. So then I distribute for companies um, all over. And, and I love that. Um, that also broke the stigma for me on, on use of marijuana for mental health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I realized what it could do. I mean, I think the last, the last statistic that I read, and it could be even better now, was you are 54.2% less likely to return to drugs and alcohol with the use of marijuana. It really isn't a gateway drug. It's an exit drug from addiction and pain and PTSD and all these other things. It's the matter of finding the right strain, um, looking at the amount of CBD to THC ratio, looking at CBN, CBG, and all these other compounds that we don't talk about. Who knows about them? We don't know about them, right? Uh, and, and then looking at my father, he committed suicide um, because, I mean, he was his own worst enemy. He was trapped in his head. Mm-hmm. Addiction was his his vice. He was self-medicating. And um, that stigma was attached to using marijuana. Let me tell you, I think, and I joke about it. I, I think when my mom, when I was born, my amniotic fluid probably got the doctor high. I mean, my mom probably toked her whole pregnancy, right? And And I can't mm-hmm. imagine... Um, being there, but she was also trying to help herself and get out of um, some, some mental health issues that she was struggling with. And now looking back at it, I, I wish I would have known this dealing with my parents and before my dad had died. I think it's been a lot, a lot. I'm not saying it would have saved his life. I'm not saying I was responsible for him. I just think it would have offered um, some benefits to him. He was a heavy, a heavy marijuana smoker, but mm-hmm you just got what it was given you right <laughs> who whoever could get a bag you didn't really talk about terpenes or anything like that you, you just smoked what you got and so I'm glad to see that stigma is fading we're actually being able to cultivate it and use it as a medicine so, so that's what I, my business is that's amazing and can, let's shout out the name of your business Rafa 180 you can All right. find have- me on Facebook all right So let me ask you as someone who is not educated on CBD and that whole world, really. um, Mm -hmm. And so like when people say that it is a gateway drug, like where do you think that came from? Like, is it like what you're talking about with your dad? You just kind of got what you got and there were other things in it. Like, why is there that stigma, do you think? Governmental control. Okay, so... Think about this. And when people would come over to the U.S., they were actually told to grow hemp, right? And I don't have all of the exact details in front of me, so you can go and you can investigate and look at. They would grow hemp. We can use hemp for fuel, for paper, for medicine, for face products, for um, plastics. We can grow hemp to for phytoremediation and clean oil out of the ground. We can do all kinds of things with hemp. We used to feed animals, our farm animals, CBD, right? And then um, we would send hemp, we'd send marijuana 
to our veterans in, in camps when they were fighting for, for PTSD, for relaxation, for pain. Um, there was this, I don't know if it was a fear of not being known or, you know, they would give, uh, gosh, morphine and all of these things to infants mixed with cannabis when it, 1800s. And I think they lumped that in and said, oh, we realized we shouldn't be giving babies cocaine and all this other crap, but look, it says marijuana here, so we should take it all off, right? And they didn't really investigate it. And before, um, I think it was before the, the 60s, we would grow uh, marijuana with high CBD in it. And so you wouldn't get a huge psychoactive effect. You would get a lot of medicinal effect along with that, with the CBD in it. And then we started uh, growing it more and more and more for that THC, that psychoactive effect. Think about Woodstock, 60s, right? We wanted to be on LSD. We wanted every trip we could have in the book. So we wanted really, really, really potent marijuana to be high. After that, we started realizing we were breeding CBD out of it. And that was a place for this. And there was a good place for it. That's why doctors were still prescribing this for people with uh, cataracts and glaucoma and cancers. Um, but do you want a lab grown apple or do you want an apple that's grown on a tree outside? That's the difference of saying this pharmaceutical company is going to give you cannabis um, or a cannabis like product. Well, let us grow it. Let us make it healthy. Let us study it and make it better and take the stigma that's there off of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, in my company, I'm a Christian. So a lot of people, I would come in and I'm teaching Sunday school uh, on Sunday and then going to work Monday and, you know, with the piercings and the tattoos. And then I start talking about Jesus and how I do think that this is a, everything um, in this flower was created to be healing. And um, I would have pastors and youth pastors and worship leaders come in and feel ashamed that they needed something for their PTSD or for their car accident that they had seven years ago and they're still struggling with this pain or they've got cancer or these other things. And it's like, there's a problem here. There's an issue here. It's okay to pump them full of Xanax and, and opioids that are killing their liver that they're going to need another prescription for and another prescription for, but it's going to do this. I'm not saying there's not a place for pharmaceuticals. I'm not against Western medicine as a whole. I'm against profiting off of sickness. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. When we raise insulin to $300 when somebody needs to survive right. and you can make it for, he says, you know, like we pennies can make this pennies on the dollar. Yeah. You need to profit. You need to survive. It's your business. But where's that limit when we're profiting off of, of sickness, you know? And so I think, I think there's more in it than we'll ever really know, but I think uh, Elvis's hips wiggled too much and marijuana made you high and we got to get rid of it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, you know, I really am open to like learning more about it. Like I just, I grew up, I feel like kind of sheltered with, um, I don't know, just very, very sheltered. And I grew up Southern Baptist, you know, so everything made you go to hell, you know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I will say that even though like my time in the military, a lot of it, I don't 
really look back fondly of like a whole lot of it. But one thing that I love about it is that it took a little country Kentucky girl who was really closed-minded about a lot of things. And I got to meet a whole world of people and be able to ask these questions and say, okay, you know, well, what makes you think differently than me? Like, what is it that you've been through or what experiences that you you've had or what education do you have? And, and you, you tell me so that we can have an adult conversation about it. And I love being able to be open-minded to hear, hearing all of that and saying, okay, this is something new to me and I can either, you know, I can use it or I can pass the information along or I can still say, well, maybe it's not for me, but now I know better. And I think the world needs more of that, but I a hundred percent, like with the company that I'm partnered with being health and wellness and being really clean and toxin free, like it's opened my eyes, this whole big rabbit hole, of what you're talking about with like making money off of pharmaceuticals and just even things like, and you know, I love a McDonald's cheeseburger. I do. I love a McDonald's cheeseburger, but our, our processed foods and our fast foods, like all that stuff is, it's really like all of that stuff is, is being toxic to our bodies. And then we can't look at like, um, CBD or something like that as healing, because that is, that is bad. But then you look at you like, Oh, that's really bad. I'm going to eat my McDonald's cheeseburger and four ounce Coke, you know, not knocking it. I do enjoy it. But I mean, all right, of I feel right. like all of that stuff that they're giving us, like our meals get bigger and bigger and bigger out in the fast food restaurants and stuff like that. We're consuming a lot more, just the stuff we put on our skin. Um, and even like our farmers, a lot of our produce doesn't have the minerals that it used to have anymore because it's been so tilled up. So I think it's really important that we do have an open mind about this stuff and be educated about it because we're killing ourselves in this country. I mean, I truly believe that we're, we're killing ourselves. And then you go to the doctor to get a medicine to treat whatever issue is happening. But then you have to, just like you said, you got to get another medicine for that medicine. And then this medicine gives you anxiety. Like it always freaks me out. I watch these commercials and it's like, Oh, well, the side effect of this depression medication is suicide. Like, no. what? <laughs> like, I, I can do that on my own. I don't need medicine to help me. I don't want to be suicidal. Like, I'm trying to not be sad and suicidal. So, I mean, I, I love what you're doing. And I know that CBD is really, really big. So can you tell me, like, maybe what made you decide to go with, the company products that you're with or um like what makes yours different you know why should people come to your cbd get your cbd over different cbds because you know i can go to walgreens and get like cbd off the shelf or there's like you know people on the corner like hey cbd 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 in their jacket you know so like what makes yours different so basically the way that i like to explain it in short and obviously we can get more detailed um but in short if everybody grew cbd honestly there would be no need to worry about who you got it from right so we say well cbd some people will say not all cbd is created equally well cbd is cbd and if it's grown well it's grown well the problem is just like any profession um a greedy person in that profession 
will try to profit on somebody else, um, whether it's their sickness or their weakness or whatever it is. So I always, we have to look at the ingredients in it. We add um, synthetic, believe it or not, there are companies that um, pull some of that CBD with acetone. Nail, that's what's in nail polish remover, right? And so you're ingesting that. Um, you're basically micro, micro dosing a poison in your body and we see people get sick at seven months, eight months, a year out because they've been microdosing themselves sick. Um, we don't put fillers like water in it. We don't uh, pull CBD that has uh, chemicals on it or grown with like this plant is grown with chemicals, right? We make sure that the way that we pull that CBD out of the plant, we're, we're always changing it to whatever is better most effective, less harmful, and completely comes off that plant. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, you said you didn't know a lot about CBD in general, but a lot of times, um, you know, there's these processes that they pull the CBD out of the plant with, which is butane, ethanol, um, CO2 extraction. Uh, and some people will not fully burn the chemical off. Um, and then you'll have that in the CBD. Well, you've got somebody with cancer, You've got somebody with an autoimmune disease. You've got a kid that you're giving this to. That's not, it's, it's healthy. Um, we're not adding waters in it. There's no reason a distilled water should be in it. And we don't have flavors in ours. Sometimes flavoring isn't a, a bad thing, but you will see that they will sweeten it with sucralose and things like that. Um, you need to stay away from fake sweeteners. Um, and so I just tell people, look, you need to look at these, these agents and these chemicals that they're putting in them. Um, they're misleading on the dosage. I'll have somebody come in and say, you know, I have a 1500 that's half the price of yours. Why is it? And I'll break down on the label the differences and that they're not even, they could pick, buy a 500 milligram bottle of CBD for the same price that they're paying for that. It's just greed. Uh, I teach people, you don't have to go with me, but call me, let me go over the label with you. Let me um, explain to you what is a, a, a good product versus a bad product. I would be lying if I said I had the best CBD in the world and I'm the only place you should come to, right? I'm not a salesperson. I'm not going to tell you that. So let me educate you. I, I think we have an amazing product. I give it to my kids. I give it to my husband. I give it to my family, myself. Um, but if you don't want to come with me, that's fine. Let me walk through what I think the best process for you would be regardless if that's getting off medicine, staying on medicine, um, using THC with it, but you don't want to have a, a psychoactive effect um, or what company to look out for and what ingredient ingredients um, to look for. So if it's not with me and you want to do your own shopping, uh, the, the worst consumer is an educated consumer because then they go in, they know what to look for and they don't buy your crap. They go mm -hmm. out and they they go, okay, I, I might spend a little bit more, but I'm going to get a good product. So let me edge you and then you can make the decision at the end of the day. So I feel like with me, um, I, I'm there till the end. I, I give my clients my cell phone number. They text, call me and I walk with them the best I can. I've had people over and over and over again tell me to stop doing that. I won't. It's scary to start something that you don't know about. And so it's, it's comforting to know that you have somebody that sold you that product that's willing to text you or call you back, you know? So that's what we do. No, absolutely. And the biggest struggle is, I mean, you know me, you guys know me, the stone vet. That's what I'm you trying to do not. is trying to break the stigma, break the stigma of cannabis and CBD itself. I mean, a lot of people throughout the country, people are having CBD 
green rush. It's the green rush. The green rush. Florida, not so much because you guys have legal cannabis now. You guys have legal cannabis. But like out in Texas right now, right now is the hemp rush right now. Uh, tons of running in, trying to get the dollar, trying to get, you know, and then to get my money now selling CBD. And like some was saying is like, what is it made out of? Why your CBD, right? We've tested product that had no CBD in it. And that's the thing with Cantech Labs. That's the difference. Ryan Early started this. Um, he started making CBD oil for people that he knew that was sick. Mm -hmm. um, I think he made eight bottles or it was like for eight people or something. I, I, I may misspeak about that. So I'd have to talk to him about that. But his passion was there. Um, and that was his goal. And so it wasn't this rush to get rich quick. And it's the biggest thing. It's like we tell people. That's why she says, call her. She'll give you her cell phone number so you can talk about it. Because a lot of people are like, well, CBD don't work. CBD doesn't work. Not always. Not Chemotherapy always. doesn't always work either. But but why do you think it doesn't work? What was it? How were you taking it? You know, there's a story behind it. How were you taking it? What What were you taking it for? Why do you feel as though it's not working? They didn't work for you. And that's when you start breaking down and getting into it. Said, this is, well, let me tell you why it wasn't working for you. You weren't dosing correctly. You were overdosing on you. So not like so much overdosing, but you're taking too much of it. And that, like anything else, too much of a good thing won't work. Mm -hmm. So you got to find that balance. I mean, that's what I, when I explain it to people, it's almost like when you go to the doctor and he prescribes you a new medication, he said, try this medication, try it for two weeks. Let come back. They'll tell me how you, how you're feeling. Do you feel like it's working or do you think, do we need to go up on dosage? Do we need to go down on dosage? You know? And so, and then for us, we sell CBD and then we have CBG. And CBN and, and CBN and everything else. And so sometimes we, we, we look at the dollar amounts. It's rich. We're not rich. We don't make money where we can just go buy whatever we want, you know? But that, that's how we figure out, do you need higher CBG, CB, CBD, or can we actually transition you to CBG so you save a little bit of money so you're not buying the high CBD itself and try it. But then we get people that come back and say, well, I feel real, you know, I still feel anxious or I still I get agitated or whatever. Well, that's the CBG, it's a stimulus. Well, let's get you higher dosage of CBD then. Let's get you a higher dosage of CBD then. So, but we know now, we know where you have to be. We know that you, this is where you're going to be. We got you pinpointed and this is where you're going to be. And I'm a bad salesperson. I've had people come in and walk out of one store and they were buying hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. And I'm like, I don't think you need that. So I, I try to be honest with them and start at the bottom and build up. That's kind of where, where we're at. But, but our business also sources uh, products that are... Um, conscious about the ingredients that they have in them from other small businesses. So any of our products that we sell on Facebook or on our website are from small businesses. They're not on Amazon and the ingredients are natural ingredients. They are safe ingredients. And um, my daughter has a rare skin disorder. So I try to find fun bath products and fun soaps and the fun body sprays that, that she can still use because it can make her sick um, that are sourced uh, from somebody that is making sure that they're not putting all of these synthetic ingredients in their products. So anytime somebody buys something off of my website, it's all small business. Even our CBD is made right here in Oklahoma. I have candles on our Facebook that we'll put on Facebook. It's made for guys in Tulsa, Oklahoma, completely natural. We've got uh, goat milk products from another girl here in Oklahoma. And then we source products from Texas and New York, but they're all small businesses. 
literally people in the back making them and milking their goats and putting these products in there. So when you're supporting our small business, you're supporting their small business. And that's, that's my goal. I, so. I love that. I love that. I mean, I think it's so important. Um, like the way that COVID has hit all the, all of these small businesses, it just breaks my heart. Like it's devastating mm-hmm. to me. And I wish that we could close some of the bigger businesses and say, Hey, let's feed the money into the small businesses. Cause these are the people that are feeding families. And I mean, I like, I, I still support the small businesses. Like I don't want anybody losing their jobs at all or anything, but you know, so many small businesses have been hit. So anytime I can support a small business, I'm going to, because that's That's a a direct correlation with that family, you know, that they're putting food on the table. And I just feel like a lot of times when that, when you're doing a small, a business with a small business, you know, there's so much more heart and passion. It's like college basketball versus the pros, right? Like they get to the pros and it turns all into money. Like in college, you can tell they're playing from the heart and then they go to pros. I'm from Kentucky. So, you know, basketball is like life there, but, um, I just (laughs) think that there's so much passion there and what you're talking about, like with the ingredients, like you're making sure because it's like, this is what I'm using on my family too. So I'm not going to put junk ingredients on them or use the junk ingredients with them. So I'm not going to give that to other people, but Summer, I have to tell you that telling people that they don't need all of that extra stuff, I think makes you a really good salesperson. And so I hope that (laughs) I can help you change that narrative in your mind because You know, I know that like we have this thought in our heads of, well, I'm only really good in sales if I can sell a lot, but you know, it's like a marathon when you're an entrepreneur, it's not a sprint. And when you put your heart into it and you're caring about people to educate them, like what you're doing and saying, you know, call me and I will tell you, like, you don't have to do business with me, but I'll tell you, this is what to look for. And this is what to not get. And these are the things that you need to try, or maybe you need to try, you know, to up your dosage or down your dosage or whatever, like having that heart and caring is what makes you an excellent salesperson. It's not just about that dollar amount. So, and you know, we hope that those two things marry to the point to where it's like, you know, you're just killing it and go off and you're like a gajillionaire is what we want for you. That'd be awesome. Now, nobody wants to be sold, but people love to buy stuff, but they want to be educated on it. You know, people buy the cheaper thing thinking that it's the same thing, but they're getting it for a cheaper price. And I have learned that when you pay less, generally you get what you're paying for, but you have to know the difference. You know, you have to tell me why, like, why is this better? Why is this worse? So I really hope that you change that in your mind of like, I'm not a good salesperson because from what you're telling me, you are excellent and should be training other people (laughs) if you aren't already. So, well, there's that, I'm off the soapbox. Well, you know, it's just, I think a lot of people don't, I don't know. I see them and I see these people coming in and they, they're sick and they just want to get well and they're willing to spend whatever it takes. And to me, it's like, I don't want to profit off somebody's desperation. Let's go back and see what you actually really need. 
um, you know, and that I feel like I'm, and, and let me say it, because I don't want to make it out like I'm this great person. Um, yes, I do it because I care about people. I do. I care about people. I, I joke that I collect people. Like, that's my favorite thing to collect is people. Um, they're beautifully, wonderfully broken humans. And I just think they have so much value. However, having said that, um, I also tell people at the end of the day, Jesus is watching me, right? So whatever I do to you, I still have to answer to somebody that's not myself. And, and I'm, and I'm not, uh, wrapped up in religion. I actually don't believe in religion. I believe in relationship. And so I definitely, um, don't like to say that. So people think that I'm only being good for a certain reason. I, do, I just say that because we are supposed to convey, um, for me as a Christian, a radical love for humans. And I think we have enough people taking advantage of other people. So I just want to come out there and love them. And, um, you did ask earlier if, if I liked being in with him in the Marine Corps, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, loved it. He was deployed to Iraq and came back and he was the biggest jerk ever. Um, and it was a very hard time in our marriage him being deployed and saying, I can't do this again. We have a child. Our oldest son had passed away. He was done being deployed. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, that's enough for us to get out. If you took out the deployment, we could have stayed in forever. Here's why. I tell him all the time, if you go to the hood or if you go to some small town where there are a lot of these kids that don't have um, either two parents homes or, or they're struggling or they're, they're out on the farm and they're in there, they're in these poor homes and, and they're just broken, right? It's almost like the Marine Corps gathers those people up, you know, and I'm not saying about anything about any other branch, but let's talk about it, right? We, what do you think of Marines? They're the crazy, uh, they, they tease them about eating crayons. They're the guys that are out in the snow with no shirt on because they got to make a statement. Um, but I got to that intimate side of the Marine Corps. And, and it was like, I would tell him, it's a bunch of misfits. It's a bunch of people that really needed to get out of where they were at to make it better somehow. And, and I loved them. I loved them. I loved having them over at our house. I loved caring for them. I loved seeing who they were. And, um, it was amazing to me to take them and to just have them over and cook for them and, and hang out with them and, and, and have a family time with them. We didn't have a lot of that family and everybody wants to belong. And this was a brotherhood or a sisterhood. This was your family. I joke about it, but this is why Marines will sniff each other out. And it doesn't matter when they served or, you know, if they're 90 and they're talking to a 25 year old, that brotherhood never goes away. They have 72 stickers on their car and they wear the hat and they have the emblem on the back of the truck and they will have the license plate and they will have the lanyard and the sweatshirt. But it's because for the majority of them, not all of them, some are doing because grandpa, great grandpa, dad, mom served, sister served. But for the majority of them, that was a big taste of belonging and family. So for me, I love the Marine Corps. And I love all the Marines. They're insane. And the only women, the only people that are more insane are the women that stay with them. <laughs> or Navy SEALs. Yeah. Navy SEALs. Yes. Navy SEALs. that's it. Pretty crazy. Dude, yeah. but, where did you find this woman? Those... He's like 
the luckiest man on the planet. Like I love with her. (laughs) In a fully platonic way, but I'm like super straight. Super straight. I'm totally fangirling over here. Summer, you are incredible. Beautiful inside and out. Juan, thank you for sharing her with me. I am like I'm jealous because you got together on your show. She still don't come on my show. Well, maybe maybe I'll have to come back and just stay in the background so she'll come on. So <laughs> I like it. Well, you guys, thank you so much. Shout out the name of your cut. Spell it out for me too, because I'm a like a little hit. So make sure that oh, I. Oh, that's can- okay. Yeah. It's Here, come- Rafa one eighty R A P H A, or you can do it in military. What would that be? Romeo Alpha Papa Hotel Alpha. 180. All right. And you can search us on Facebook or Rafa180.com. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this. Summer, we need to live closer because like you're my people and we need to hang out. I hear you can all about uh, it too. So <laughs> I like to all eat. about it. Come on over. <laughs> yes, come here. I have too many kids to leave. Oh yeah, girl. Oh, I'll just leave mine here with my husband and come visit. No, bring them. It's okay. We're already crazy. Add in a few more. Ain't nothing, honey. She goes with her friends and they go they go anywhere with friends. She goes anywhere with friends. There's like 15 kids there and two women. You're like, what the hell? They're like, girl. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I'd love to have you guys come on again, talk about maybe a little more controversial things in the future. Need a little rest. Absolutely. But I really love this. I hope that our listeners got something from this. I definitely got some incredible nuggets just to take with me. Keep that in my pockets of lessons that I feel like I had kind of already learned, but you really hammered home just about life and a passion for life and a love for people on top of everything else I mean just incredible I'd love to like have your whole story come out too but thank you guys so much for listening in make sure you go check out Neuroflow and we will see you next time on Veteran Trash Talk Female Warrior Edition okay